Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Hi, I'm Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News, and this is the Future Tech panel from Legal Tech West Coast in Los Angeles. We're sponsored by Blue Arc today, and we're broadcasting today's program on Law Technology Now, a podcast presented by Law.com and the Legal Talk Network. And you can also find us on iTunes. Joining us now is Doug Cadell, CIO of Foley and Lardner. Doug, who also serves on LTN's edit board, is responsible for leading the firm's national technology efforts and its IT department. As lead technologist for the firm, Doug directs technology planning, implementation, and support firm-wide. And I will also tell you that Doug was, I believe, our first recipient of the LTN IT Director of the Year Award when we first launched the awards. Welcome, Doug Cadell. Thank you, Monica. Um, Jay Craig Williams, who spoke before me here in L.A., mentioned the Dick Tracy wrist phone. And I have to admit, I actually had one. <laughs> and, as, and I was going to segue into, but you know, now we have personal communicators, and he stole that little, that little segue as well. The AT&T video phone, I actually was at the New York 1964 World's Fair and actually saw that. And um, now I have Cisco VT Advantage on my desk, so I dial four digits of any of people in the firm and pop up their um, their video. So I think that's that's pretty cool. Some technology that people have thought of over the years um, actually comes to to uh, comes to fruition. What I've been thinking about this past year is from a computer desktop. How do we deliver technology to lawyers and assistants? From that perspective, where do we go from here? And it's really thinking about what our next generation desktop computer uh, was going to be. And um, I'm not talking so much about Vista or the technology aspects of like that. I'm talking how do we communicate with people? How do people communicate with the desktop, with the applications they want to run? Um, How do people um, interface uh, with the computer? And as we thought about that, we just talked about how do we prepare for our next generation desktop. And I think I look back to what we've done over the last, you know, 8, 10, or 12 years. And the approach that we've taken in the past is one size fits all. And if you think back to when we started to do that about eight years ago when we built our last desk, basically last desktop for people, we were trying to do one desktop image, one presentation. And we did that for one main reason – was we had to create stability and provide a stable desktop. And that was a big challenge back then because there was a lot of instability among the desktops. The desktops would crash. You would try to bring up Word or some other application, and the desktop would freeze. You had the blue screen of death. Now there's all sorts of color, multicolored screens of death, but back then it was the blue screen of death. But uh, one size fits all, and that's what we've lived with for the last eight, eight, uh, eight years. What our approach is now is trying to find, okay, where do we go from here? One thing that we did, we had Baker Robbins come in and assist us, and along with our people, we went around and interviewed 91 people throughout the firm in about 80% of our offices and wanted to know how they worked. We didn't go in and say, you know, gee, what kind of computer do you have on your desktop? 
we went in into their offices, into their workspaces, and t- for about an hour apiece, and t- had them describe how they work. For example, they might, we might see a bunch of Post-it notes on a monitor. Well, what do you use those for? And why do you have this stack of paper over here versus over there? And what is this box of, of paper in the corner for? Um, so we want to understand how people work so that we could, as we move into the future, have technology facilitate the way they work, not have technology dictate the way they have to work. What we sort of came out of that as we went into some conceptual design uh, sessions, uh, roundtable-type talk sessions uh, after the interviews were done, was really decided and concluded that the lines were blurring. Uh, And what I mean by that is that information contained in our computer desktop, whether it be Word or Outlook or things like that, and information contained in our intranet, our internal net, which for us is called net, which may change because things are blurring, and information contained in our, our public website, foley.com, or in our CRM system, on our HR system, it's all blurring. And historically, what we've had to do when we wanted to access information from one or another, we had to get out of one application, change windows, bring up another application, go into another application, go into another application, and do all that stuff. Well, everything is really coming together and, and becoming one. What our focus is as we create our next generation desktop is we'll be creating a custom front end to pull things together. We will still keep you know, data in various different kinds of warehouses and such, but our lawyers and assistants will, uh, in about a year and a half from now, not need to see any of that. It will be customized. There will be, um, uh, I, you know, I hate to use the word transparent, but that's hopefully what, what we want to get to. As we've looked at our next generation desktop, what we really stepped back and wanted to consider were the generations. And what do the new young lawyers and assistants coming into the firm who have always dealt with computers since, since the you know, early days in, in school compared to the, the older generations who have had a little bit of struggle of time as they have had to learn technologies and the generations in between, how are generational differences going to affect our next generation desktop? We, we feel that they will, but at the same time we feel that they, it will be mitigated a little bit. But there are differences. If you go around and talk to people who are, say, under 25, a lot of people, a very large number of people under 25, don't wear a wristwatch. If you ask them for the time, they look on their cell phone or PDA or something like that. In fact, I've, I've known people who have told me they bought a wristwatch just for a job interview because they thought it was a part of the requirement. But other than that, they never wore it again. I bought my son a, a nice fancy wristwatch a couple years ago. He's 20, and you know he wore it like two or three times. And I think to humor myself and uh, his mother, but uh, he never wears a wristwatch. If you think about, there's a lot of talk about social networking and things of that nature these days. I think that has a lot of validity, but in the law uh, arena, in the business arena, I don't think it is, it's gaining as much traction um, as one would think. ABA has a survey out there that's an ongoing survey among uh, new lawyers. And um, if you read that survey, um, the, the, the uh, uh, things like LinkedIn and, and Facebook and, and MySpace aren't getting as much traction from a business perspective, although uh, LinkedIn is, is, is doing something else. I know I've talked to one large law firm CIO who was ready to implement instant messaging, and he thought that would be a great thing because all the young lawyers would want it. 
And the feedback was, we don't want it. So, so we are looking at to address generational changes, but in a, in a slightly different way. This future tech session is brought to you by BlueArc. BlueArc helps legal firms, electronic discovery companies, and corporations handle the explosion of electronically stored information and accelerate computer-related evidence gathering with its industry-leading high-performance and scalable network storage solution. Impact the outcome of litigation actions and deliver evidence to legal teams more quickly by meeting tight deadlines and strict regulatory requirements. Find out how by visiting BlueArc at www.bluearc.com or contact us at 1-866-864-1040. As we address intergenerational uh, differences, I think one of the things that we're seeing is what the impact is of the younger generation is ex- the expectation of intuitiveness, that the systems will be easy to understand. They just know how to do it. They don't need in- wouldn't need instruction. And um, their impatience with uh, having to do anything other than that. What our focus is, and really where we're, go- we're headed, is we see that systems are becoming more and more personalized. That the systems recognized will recognize who I am and what I do. The, uh, the focus then of where we're going is we're really focusing on personas or roles people have in the firm. For example, if you have a senior partner who's a principal billing partner on a, for a company on a matter, that principal billing partner has, has actually can have multiple personas. One would be when they're talking to the client about client management things, they will ha- need information about billing about scheduling, about how a project or matter is, is progressing. They also have a different persona when they might be working actually on a, a draft of a document for a particular matter with the same client, that their, their focus will be on document review and document processing of that nature, which is different from a persona or role of a first or second year associate who's doing a lot of document production or an assistant or secretary who has a different role in the firm or persona. So our approach to our next generation desktop is that we will identify when a person logs on who they are, what they do, and have possibly have a couple different personas for each individual depending on what they want to do, which will customize the, de- the uh, desktop screen for them, including being able to uh, subscribe to software rather than us forcing software on them. And what I mean by that, and I'll use Word as an example, in most law firms we have Word and we have a lot of things loaded on top of Word. We have you know, all sorts of style things and, and meta, uh, metadata things and all this other stuff, which then uh, probably brings with it you know, like two or three layers of toolbars. One of the biggest complaints I get is that, you know, I don't, I'm not a secretary, I don't produce a lot of documents, I'm not a heavily document reviewer, but I just sometimes need to get into Word, and I just want basic Word. And personally, that's what I use as well, or like to, like to use. I don't need all this, that, and the other thing, and I don't need three levels of stu- toolbars that take up two-thirds of my screen. I just want to be able to look at the damn document. But um, So we will customize that, so if you, if you are the type of person, if your persona is that you need the full set of Word, we'll, you will have that, but you will also have the option of just something basic. Again, with toolbars, which take up a lot of space on the, um, the screen, 
that if you use two or three different toolbars, fine, you can subscribe to those and have those available to you, but we will stop forcing you to have um, three or four rows of, of toolbars. You can also customize various things. Maybe you don't use a piece of software now, but you use it in the future. Um, so we're really getting down to a personalized approach to delivering IT, which is a lot different from what we've been doing over the past eight years. But again, technology has changed significantly, and uh, that allows us to do that as we go forward. Thank you very much to Doug Cadell, and can we give him one more round of applause? Well, that's the close of this Future Tech session from Legal Tech West Coast in Los Angeles. I'm Monica Bay. Thanks again to our sponsor, Blue Arc. We hope you'll listen to the other five podcasts in this Law Technology Now series. You can find us at law.com's lawtechnologynow.com at www.legaltalknetwork.com and on iTunes. I want to thank the many folks who helped make this special Future Tech event happen, including ALM's Henry Dicker, head of Legal Tech, Steve Lincoln and Mike Medwick, Jill Winwer, John Klein in Boston, the Legal Talk Network, Mike Hockman, Scott Hess, Kate Kenny, and Luann Reed. In New York, Katie Montgomery, Sophia Maharaj, and Keith Achille, and in Los Angeles, Bobby Sparks. Thank you again, and goodbye from Legal Tech West Coast. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today. 